everyone, this is Leslie. And this is B. And you're listening to Getting Shitfaced, a podcast where two friends across the country from each other get together over drinks and talk about our favorite show, Shit's Creek. This week, we're recapping the 10th episode of Season 6, Sunrise Sunset. In this episode, Moira's former Sunrise Bay producer and co-star show up with big news for her, while Alexis undertakes some sadness self-quarantine, and Ben watches old episodes of The Soap. Meanwhile, Johnny and Stevie go with David to sample catering for the wedding, and Johnny comes face-to-face with a facet of their new reality. But Stevie may have a plan to expand the Rosebud Motel empire. Happy 11th podcast episode, Leslie. (laughs) Would we call it happy? (laughs) We're having a day. The world is falling apart, so we have a drink. (laughs) I mean, we always have a drink, but today I feel like we need it. Um, Definitely need it. Yeah, so in honor of Moira this week, we are drinking a bitch slap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a mix of Kahlua, Chambord, and cream. Um, And so you get like a raspberry, creamy kind of thing happening. It's it's good. A little less of a sting. A little bit. Moira slap. (laughs) And you don't have to have three of them. I mean, you can if that's what you would like to do. (laughs) These are trying times. You might need three. (laughs) I'm going to stick to one for tonight, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. (laughs) None of that has anything to do with this episode. (laughs) It's fine. Everything is fine. (laughs) Everything is fine. Leslie and I just found out we can't go to Paley Fest, so we're very sad, but everybody's staying safe and healthy and that's more important yes that's definitely more important uh, but yeah it is a little sad that we don't get to hang out next weekend we don't but... we were gonna we could have podcasted together in person i know and we should also say thank you to one of our amazing listeners who is the one who gifted us with the tickets to Bailey fest in the first place yes um, that was super lovely and we really really appreciated it even though we're now not gonna get to go <laughs> Yes, it was a super wonderful gesture, and uh, we appreciate it a lot. Should we talk about this episode, though? I guess we should. (laughs) It was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. I watched it last night after seeing Noah in concert in Chicago. I I went and got some uh, dinner at midnight and watched it, and so it was super fun. Well, that was nice of him to pick a night where he wasn't in the episode, so you weren't missing him to see him. Right. I actually got to see him. None of you all did. So (laughs) unless you were there. But uh, should we dive into the episode? I think we should. And start with the cold open. Of course. Number one, Johnny's giving out gifts again. (laughs) (laughs) This time that, you know, they're not as bad. (laughs) He's gotten a little better at the giving gifts. (laughs) He's gotten better at the giving gifts, but also is giving away gifts that are not his to give. (laughs) True. True. <laughs> In the form of inviting Twyla to the wedding. But she's so excited. She is. She's so happy to be invited. She looks so moved when she she says that. And of course, David, you know, giving his dad the eye the entire time, like, please shut up. But Twyla right. is so happy to find out that she's been invited to the wedding now. Maybe less happy to find out that the cafe is not going to cater it. <laughs> But my favorite thing about that was that she's standing there holding the menus with the big catering available. Right. Written right on the back of it, facing right at David. Yes. Um, I mean, but I feel like Twyla should know 
know her audience <laughs> right. and that David Rose was never going to get catering from them unless he was going to get a big old plate of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> Cold frostbitten mozzarella sticks. Yeah. But um, we see that Johnny is going to pay for the catering at David and Patrick's wedding. And so they're going to go um, do a little tasting later in the day. Um, but before that, sad Alexis comes onto the scene. <laughs> she, she had a rough night. <laughs> I feel like Alexis, this episode is just the, re- the rest of us in the world right now. <laughs> it's pretty true. <laughs> we got our joggers on. We want to lay in bed. Watch some soaps. <laughs> and not see anyone. <laughs> I, very, I felt very at one. At one with her. We're just watching the episodes of Schitt's Creek instead. <laughs> yes. Which thankfully is at least a little bit of a happier place than Sunrise Bay seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love her just walking in in a very incorrect thing, which is she's wearing slippers in the cafe. <laughs> her Uggs. <laughs> And a sweater and joggers. And apparently her hair her hair extensions are falling out. <laughs> she's in rough shape. <laughs> yeah. She's 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 in her emotions. <laughs> she's she's working her way through the stages of grief, right? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> we saw her very much in denial last week. <laughs> she's fully into the depression stage, I think, at this right? point. <laughs> um she's working through it. She's working through it. Yeah, and I love them all kind of trying to like tiptoe around her like not feeling her best this week just like kind of placate her as she sits with them um but it was very fun and very cute and i know we all noticed that she's wearing david's sweater right. <laughs> she's got a little cozy sweater i think she's wearing his joggers too another pair of his joggers uh you can see the white string later on in the episode um so she's just living her best breakup life in David's comfiest clothes. <laughs> in David's comfiest clothes. I don't know how he feels about that Alexander McQueen sweater serving in her wallowing, but... <laughs> you know, you do what you gotta do. <laughs> I feel like he's like, whatever you need. Because right. she's there. I mean, he was concerned last week about how yeah. she was rebounding. So, like, yeah, I think I think he's maybe not in love with it, but he lets it go. <laughs> yeah. And he wore that sweater already, so... <laughs> right. So I think one of the big arcs for this episode, obviously, is going to be Johnny's struggle with the motel combined with his gift to David to pay for the catering at the wedding. Um, and so we see both halves of that playing out through this one. Um, there are termite problems at the new Rosebud that has mm-hmm. made the foundation very dangerous, which is definitely a problem. Yes. I like how it's the whole foundation yeah. Even though the termites are in one room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they get down in there and they worm their way around, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's a big problem. And Johnny, you know, we see him like trying to find like discount exterminators to mm-hmm. come in, but that doesn't cover the cost of having to repair the foundation. And so like there's there's a lot of financial concern in that. Um, and I had a lot of questions about. <laughs> Johnny Rose's situation in this episode. <laughs> Number one, a few months ago, I'm assuming it was a few months ago, who knows? <laughs> this time warp. They couldn't afford Moira's dress. Right. But somehow he can now afford the catering for David's wedding. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those costs that he's like, 
he needs to pay for it because he wants to pay and contribute something. But yeah, this is like going on a credit card and being paid off like okay. like absolute um, <laughs> minimum payment at a time, you know? <laughs> Even before we got to the termites, I was like, how is Johnny Rose affording this yet? Also, how are they affording all those new employees they have? Because they have <laughs> right. no employees at the Rosebud. And now they have like 10? Right. Well, and also, like, did they inherit those from the previous right. owners? Like, I have a lot of questions about how they got these employees, too. Yeah. Yeah, there's all these new people. And I'm like, you guys run that other one by yourselves. Right. You literally clean your own rooms. and like. <laughs> yes. These are things you ask about this, but it's like, it, this is a 21-minute comedy. <laughs> Right. We're never going to know the answers and we just should live with that. And that's right. fine. It's fine. <laughs> but anyways, Johnny's feeling the burn of zero money. Yep. Yep. And David is feeling the heightened glory of a good caterer. I mean, you got to give it to me. Judging by the looks on Johnny and Stevie's faces when they taste the food, it, it is not disappointing. It is going to be yeah. worth the money. Um, but it is obviously not going to be cheap. <laughs> no. Also, where did this sudden new cute restaurant <laughs> come from? <laughs> yeah, this has to be in one of the elms, right? This is in Elm Valley, <laughs> Elm Glen, like something. Yes. It's probably, I feel like Elm Glen, because that's where the cute tuck shop is, right? So I feel like Elm Glen has all the cute stuff. Maybe. Um, that's going to be my headcanon for this <laughs> this season but uh i loved how excited he was <laughs> about everything he is so excited he is like we've seen that all throughout the season that he is very excited to be planning this wedding and it yeah it continues to carry here um and he's obviously again still got some big dreams about what he wants mm-hmm. for it you know he wants lobster he wants beef tenderloin he wants creme brulee um, presumably on top of a cake. I don't know. I had questions about that crystal light. You needed that, David, but okay. Like, of course David needed that. <laughs> um, I mean, if you can have double dessert. Double dessert is true. My biggest question, though, from this scene was he mentions that they're adding ex- eight extra seats. Presumably at least some of that is for Twyla, maybe. Um, now that he has been forced to invite her, um, they had to, you know, add a whole extra mm-hmm. table to make that happen. And so now he's inviting some of his friends from New York. Um, and I definitely have some questions about that. <laughs> Who is my question? <laughs> yeah, like, he doesn't seem to talk to any of these people. Now, I, yeah. I mean, I I get the, like, the instinct to kind of want to rub it in people's faces, mm-hmm. which is really where I think that this comes from. Yeah. It's like, I'm doing well, I am happy, and I want you to see that because fuck you. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, I do think that that's largely where it comes from. But yeah, like, is he even in enough communication with any of these people to invite them? I don't know. Yeah, and I wonder, I was like, do you know that they're coming? You know, like, right. is this something where he's going to get disappointed later on, or um, just how that whole thinking is happening? But I definitely think it's a rubbing it. He's he's trying to rub it in. He's got the cute boy. Yeah. He's got the cute store. Yeah. And he's got great catering. <laughs> yeah, which is the only thing he wants people to remember from the wedding, and I support that. <laughs> I do too. I mean, nobody gets. You're getting married. Great. You're happy. You're in love. I want to hear about your. I want to hear about the great food that I'm going to eat. I'm down with that. <laughs> I also 100% agree with David that if you're two minutes late to the wedding, the doors are shut. <laughs> Again, though, that brings back around the question that we've had yes. multiple times this season. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast much, but we've talked about this privately. That like 
where the hell is this wedding supposed to be taking place at this point? (laughs) Like, Patrick had mentioned potentially doing it at the motel, but that doesn't seem to be the case, judging by the level of, like, things that are happening here. Mm -hmm. And David's specifically saying here that the doors are going to be closed, like... That's not a tent behind the motel scenario. Right. I was like, are the metaphorical doors going to be closed? (laughs) (laughs) Or or is this happening somewhere else? And we don't know it yet. Um, Because, yeah, this seems like some fancy catering. Now, maybe it is. And maybe he meant the metaphorical doors and they can afford the catering because they're not going to have a venue to pay for. But maybe they're going to have it at the pool at the new hotel. (laughs) Pool party. Pool party. Slash wedding. (laughs) I feel like David Rose would have a heart attack. <laughs> he would have a heart attack. Number one, he would be not be near the pool. But um, yeah, I have so many questions. And it seems like, I mean, I'm not going to say the F word because I no, learned my lesson no. last week. You don't want to get banned again. We'll just say it to the end of the season. We're approaching the wedding. <laughs> We're approaching the wedding. But the wedding doesn't seem to be planned enough for the amount of time they have left to have the wedding so i feel like something is gonna have to give here in the time we have potentially it seems very intentional on their part that they've shown us mm-hmm. not a ton of like right major details of the wedding planet like we've seen pieces of it obviously um but yeah it, like we're not getting they're not getting into like the weeds on seating charts and all this stuff mm-hmm. and i think that there's a very good possibility that that's because some changes might be happening down the road. yeah but i guess we'll see now, this is Shit's Creek. Time could magically speed up. <laughs> True. We could jump six months down the road in next episode. Who knows? And it could be six months later and time for this all to happen. Uh, or three months back in time. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it just is like getting to a point of like, okay, they're definitely building to something here. And I think we see little hints. And I think I think when we get to it, we're going to go back and eat, maybe even see more little hints right. of what um, is coming. Um, but yeah, it's coming. The wedding is the coming. The wedding is coming <laughs> at some point <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> and poor Johnny Rose is so sad because he can't give David everything he wants. I know he's he's I mean he's such a good dad but he just he has such like pride in being mm-hmm. able to provide for his family we that's definitely something we've seen from him is that that's important to him to be able to provide and to feel here like he can't do that is heartbreaking mm-hmm. like this the scene in the motel when David comes in we we also need to talk about David here and yeah, the fact that he definitely. recognizes, you can see it in the scene with the caterer where he kind of recognizes that something's off and yeah. comes in to talk about it and like is trying to whisper so that he doesn't embarrass his dad in front of Stevie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, you get this like heartbreaking. I, I mean, I, I fully sobbed watching yeah. the, the end of this scene when Johnny is talking about the nest egg that he had saved for David and for his potential wedding um, and what they were going to do with it. And it's just Eugene, give him all the awards for that. All the that awards, scene alone, yeah. Like, just, oh, it killed me. It killed me, and I think that, I mean, I would go back to David too. Like that, David is so is self aware in this. When a lot of cases in the past, he might not have been self aware of what's happening here, and trying right. to play it down like it's not a big deal, and I think accidentally makes it a little bit worse. <laughs> 
by saying like, oh, the brewers can take care of it. Right. Which if you're like Johnny Rose and you've owned this big video empire yes. that the nice and sweet little brewers are the ones going to be taking care of it. Um, it's probably a bit of a, a stab at the old pride. <laughs> yeah. But I think we don't see a lot of Johnny being the one who is faced with the reality of what they ha- they're up against. He is usually the one who's like, we're making the best of it. We're going right. to get through this. Um, and I only think we've seen a couple times him being the one that is uh, kind of faced with it. And I think this is like a big one. Yeah, I just think that the scene like really got at the heart of David's growth, who Johnny mm-hmm. is as a person, Stevie's growth too. Like it, it was a big scene, I think, for where they've all gotten to mm-hmm. at this point. They're they're one big family, Stevie included. Yeah, um, you know, she recognizes that Johnny needs some help here; that he can't do this on his own, and. It's not even necessarily like it is related to the business, but it's also not, you know, it's it's right. a more personal thing. Um, and she still wants to reach out and help him with that, which I think is something that the Roses have been increasingly doing for her as well. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. Johnny first stepped in to help with the business in the first place. But, you know, like Moira cast her as Sally, which gave her an opportunity. Johnny was willing to let her like step away from the business to go and explore what she wanted to do. Um, so they've been really committed to her personal growth. And so here you kind of see her get a chance to like repay that in a way um, right. that she can she can do something to help him personally and professionally. Yeah, and I like that they've kind of come back around to her at the beginning of the season because it did feel like I it felt a little bit, but I kind of knew they would kind of go this not necessarily this exact direction, but that they kind of cut that whole like, stevie's growth journey mm-hmm. kind of short but i think that was intentional so that we get to this point whereas that still is happening that awakening in stevie of what she can be you can see it really happen here mm-hmm. and that she's kind of thinking bigger picture but she's also thinking of now her family right. um and how they can grow together and be a she can be a part of that and not have to run off to do this she can actually take these big steps as part of this family um and i love that yeah and she comes up with a solution from johnny's book which i love is like a parallel to earlier in the season the fact that she comes back because of what she read in johnny's book in the first place um and wanting to put her trust in him and so here she shows that she's really doing that and i love that again it gives us another look at the fact that johnny was a good businessman Mm -hmm. like he was successful in his own right because he had good ideas and did smart things and so to have her like trust him here that he can do that again, I think helps again, obviously with the business, but personally with that sense of pride, like she's right. she's giving him something back for that. Yeah. Um, so they're going to build a motel empire. <laughs> yeah. 30 roadside motels. I feel like this is one thing that we actually can say we called it <laughs> motel empire check <laughs> before the season even started. We may not get any other called it so we should definitely take that one <laughs> we'll take it that's that's good um i think also we should talk about though um this very brief mention of the nest egg that the brewers mm-hmm. had set aside for patrick and rachel that they have now given to patrick and david um which i mean obviously first of all that's a lovely gesture from right. patrick's parents to help pay for things um but i know you and i both kind of had the same reaction when we heard it which was to think about what else that money might be spent on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
whether that's making some changes to the wedding and then spending that money instead, or depending on how large it is, maybe whatever's left over from the wedding could be spent on other things. Um, and, you know, we talked, we've talked several times this season about the fact that there is sort of this growing point of view difference between mm -hmm. Patrick and David and what they want for the wedding. And so I feel like this was kind of like the final push in that direction that it's going to be something that comes down to money. Yeah, I think, number one, the the use of the term nest egg was a thing for me, too. Right. Of like, you don't really call the money for the wedding that parents give the nest egg. Usually it's like for a house or something for your future. Um, and so I kind of was wondering about that, but also like, had they talked about this? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know, like, you kind of get it from... Him talking like he was like, I've been I've been told I can have these people from New York. So they're still definitely talking right. about the wedding. And so I was like, well, how much of this is just like they've actually had real conversations? Maybe they have. I, we don't know. But or is that going to be contention of like him thinking they can spend the money on this and Patrick right. having different ideas for it? Um, and I think we'll see. Yeah. And again, like. At some point, I assume Patrick's car troubles are going to come back around, which would also be a financial thing. Uh, I, I just think there's been a lot yeah. of like arrows pointing in the financial direction mm -hmm. this season. I, I will tell you, in my, my fantasy dream world of speculation, uh -huh. um, not that I think this is necessarily what's happening, but in like right. my dream speculation about what could happen. Yes. All the all the caveats. <laughs> yes, all the caveats. Um, I really want it to be like Patrick is getting frustrated with the cost of the wedding and all of that, and it, you know they finally come to this discussion that they need to have about it, and he reveals that all along he's been trying to buy them a house, mm -hmm. and that's like my dream of just like how this would turn out. I don't think it's going to actually happen, but that would right. be like a big cause for for concern here, you know, if like. He thought David was going to spend less on the wedding and he is trying to do something that really like builds mm -hmm. their future and settles them in this town. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's my dream speculation. I don't know that we're going there, but again, the word nest egg definitely piqued my interest. <laughs> that's what I and I was like, nest egg to me means like you give money for the house um, because they are I mean, they they are tied to this town, I think, more than any of the other ones. So like they can't live in that one bedroom apartment, one <laughs> right. bedroom apartment um, forever. And so like them settling down even more, I think that that's a big thing. I think just kind of finding their place um, in the town. So you know that I always, I love the idea of a house too. I know but... you do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Or they're just going to get it. They're just going to go live in that car. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> also possible. <laughs> they, they live in Patrick's broken down car so that they can have a second one to actually drive. <laughs> and then they put David's clothes in the apartment and that's, that's where. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I think, I think we've gotten to a point where we now have to see soon like this situation come to a head. Um, yeah, I feel like definitely in like the next two episodes we're gonna, we're gonna see that. Two episodes, yeah. Which I think we're getting into the episodes two that Dan wrote. So I think... Right. definitely is coming yeah meanwhile <laughs> on the other side of things moira fucking rose <laughs> is getting some attention from her old sunrise bay people played wonderfully here 
by Victor and Saul. Like they are the perfect like guest casting. I think they are. The show doesn't do a lot of guest casting, but like if you're gonna go with you know somebody who's supposed to be like a big co-star and a big producer mm-hmm. in their past life, I feel like this was definitely the right way to go. I mean, it's Victor Garber. It's Jack Bristow, so <laughs> is right here. Uh, and so I was really, I we were really excited when we were like realized who it was from the back of his head in the promos. Yes, and the fact that she was going to slap him, <laughs> and she was going to slap Victor Garber, um, was so exciting. Um, and I don't think they disappointed with these. I, I think if you're gonna have noticeable co-stars, you had to make it kind of a a big deal and I mm-hmm. think they did a really good job with they utilizing did. them. <laughs> they did. And yeah, both of them were fantastic. We're so great. Um I loved all the plot lines from Sunrise Bay. Yes. I I, I was so glad we got to see more of what because we've gotten hints of it in the past mm-hmm. about things that have happened on the show. You know, it's a coastal town plagued by centuries old ghosts and things like that. Yes. Uh, but I love that we got to see like some real good concrete examples of what Moira was up to as Vivian. <laughs> yes, we actually got to see Sunrise Bay, which is so exciting. Which I feel I once I saw it, I was like, it's like a that what was that Sh- passions? Passions. Passions was it's like passions meets Grey's Anatomy, and I want to Ben watch it. <laughs> I mean, just some of. Can I tell you? Can I read some of the? Uh, plot lines. I won't read all of them. Um, have you forgotten how Vivian was killed off? When has it ever stopped us? The last time I was shredded. <laughs> I have some logistical questions about that, right? But I don't really want to know the answers to no. them. <laughs> um, why did they kill off your character after you had just given birth to your ninth child and escaped from that cave with the secret about your lover, who was a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, died. By vomiting a demon into a toilet, falling in and drowning. Yes. Before she was shredded. Yes. My runner up for best line of this episode was that season where you played your own brother, we submitted you to for best actress and best actor. My favorite part of that line though is Clifton's response yes. of being like horrified. Yes. Or David has the your daughter is in also trapped in the cave, but has never looked up once. You've been hanging over there the whole for three straight episodes. Trapped in a crystal, apparently. Trapped in a crystal, yes. Yeah, I, I definitely would like to see more episodes of Sunrise Bay. Please release those. Please. I think that is the next true calling of this entire team of people. <laughs> Sunrise Bay. With Nicole Kidman. With Nicole Kidman. I love that there was a Nicole Kidman reference long before they ever knew that they were going to meet her (laughs) on the red carpet. (laughs) And I hope that Nicole Kidman had no idea and that she's just watching the episode, minding her own business because she's a fan. And there she is. Can you imagine? You'd be so excited. Right? I just want that for Nicole Kidman. Yeah. So great. (laughs) I'm not necessarily convinced yet that they actually got Nicole Kidman because later on he pretends to text her I agree Um, but they are like trying to say at least like this is going to be a legit thing and not just some like dinky one-off kind of thing that Moira's signing on for prime time prime time Emmy contender she would be up for prime time enemies not daytime enemies that's true 
but yes, I want, I, I basically want to be Alexis and just binge watch this whole show like she did from her dirty bedroom <laughs> where, and fall into fan conspiracy theories. Like we don't have any of those on this show. No, not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't know what that's like, but uh, I love Alexis kind of just becoming a super fan <laughs> from her yeah, bed. Well, she takes over as moderator of the like forum. Yes. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> we have. Uh, but she just delves in and uncovers that Clifton, Victor Garber, had gotten Moira, a.k.a. Muffy, <laughs> kicked off the show because uh, he wanted to be the star. That's just not okay. Yeah, not okay. It honestly, like, I get why he was jealous because from what we saw, she's definitely a better actor than he is. <laughs> And less less drunk, which, as we know from previous days of Moira, was probably a pretty big feat. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like the clip that we see from from the episode, he's like staring straight into the camera as he acts. Mm-hmm. He he does it during the interview on the red carpet as well. Like he's just he plays the camera. He that's not not good acting. No, not even good soap opera acting. Like no. <laughs> Moira is a good soap opera actress um, yes. playing up the the drama, but he, he doesn't even have that going for him. But I love that it's Victor Garber doing a really good job of acting at being bad at acting. Yes. <laughs> and that hair piece. Oh, the hair. At first I was like, did they straighten his hair? I was like, no, that's that's not his hair. Nope. Um, nope. So once again, a good wig in the old... <laughs> Shit's Creek wig department. Yeah, but Moira's wig is great there too. I mean, she looks great in this whole this whole thing, but I loved the Vivian Blake Bob. Yeah. Oh, and I love that she puts it on. Yes. <laughs> to go to meet them at the end. The fact that she still has it. Yeah. I wonder if that wig is just called the Vivian. Maybe. <laughs> or it's Muffy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but yeah, and so I think that was like just such a fun like callback and like this whole thing, but I loved Alexis kind of even like kind of guiding Moira even from her crazy fan conspiracy um as like such a good publicist, but also like what Alexis has learned over her time here when she tells um Moira to remember remember there's nothing wrong for asking what you deserve, and I think that was a big line for me that it's coming from alexis because she could be saying that to herself um and also kind of hearkening back to the first episode smoke signals where moira was like in the closet and johnny was worried her kind of coming out of retirement what would happen and like i feel like this was also part of that like Mm -hmm. alexis giving her that push that she's not going to end up back in the closet at the end of this right yeah and i I think it's it's still a novel thing for us to see Moira taking Alexis's advice. And obviously she does, you know, kind of turn it down initially that she doesn't want her pair of pennies. Right. Um, but yeah, like she does actually listen to it in the end. And that's just such a good like marker of how their relationship has changed mm-hmm. throughout the seasons. Yep. And then that last. Yeah. So we get her like review- refusing this offer ultimately she gets to have fun with it at least she does get to slap clifton again in the process she gets to ask for a diamond tennis bracelet and all kinds of other things uh, (laughs) to make them 
tell her that they can't afford her basically mm-hmm. um and i again it's such a marker of change for moira in that she has always been looking for like the first opportunity to take her mm-hmm. out of this town it didn't matter what it was like she was gonna jump at the chance and here she is turning down something that could have done that for her yeah that's such a big thing yeah it was her ticket out like that was her ticket out right now and she asked for what she deserved instead and i think it's interesting how she didn't she didn't even bat an eye about it yeah and i I think we'll probably see judging from the previews like by next week she's gonna maybe regret that a little bit (laughs) she might be questioning that decision but at least in the moment she did what was right for her and not just like the easy way out of this and that's yeah that's that's such a moment of growth for her and i love that it came as a result of her negotiating herself out of the contract after there was the whole thing in the episode about the fact that she thought she originally had her contract negotiations get her out of the show and that's what ultimately she relies on here is like she leans into that so that they'll have to refuse it here as well yeah it'll be interesting to see that play out next week how she feels about it stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) before we talk about next week's episode when we're all self-quarantined in our houses (laughs) uh leslie did you have a favorite line of this episode i did i had to pick i had to pick a clifton line Mm -hmm. just that introduction of him in the cafe is so perfect when he turns around and it's dramatic and he calls her muffy and like all of that i love that whole scene um but i went specifically with him saying that he gave up the drink strictly a wine and scotch (laughs) (laughs) yes like i just you can't get a more perfect line than that. That's great. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he had so many good lines um, in this episode. Uh, I went with uh, an Alexis line, and we alluded to it a minute ago, but I just love... You have to think about it in the context of, like, she's been doing this for, like, an hour. She's been investigating the Sunrise Bay conspiracy theories, and uh, she's talking to Moira about thinking that Clifton has maybe done her dirty and got her off the show and um so she says they need you and all i'm saying is as your publicist and your daughter and now the moderator of the sunrise bay fan forum (laughs) there's more to this story and i love that basically after an hour she is now running the fan group (laughs) she is a true girl boss at this point like she she... is a true girl boss but also like she's about 10 minutes away from fan fiction (laughs) yes (laughs) i support her (laughs) in her journey through uh fan forums um like i said we've we've all been there like you you start you just follow like one little thread and then you fall down the hole (laughs) and here we all are making podcasts (laughs) making podcasts or being moderators of fan groups (laughs) alexis please come on our podcast (laughs) please (laughs) so um we should also talk about the fashion in this episode um we we already talked a little bit about Alexis wearing the Alexander McQueen sweater from the season premiere here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, getting nice and cozy in David's clothes. David in this one, he's wearing that like D-squared icon sweater or sweatshirt. And he's got on just like a really, honestly, they look really comfy, that pair of Rick Owens joggers. Um, the gray Rick Owens. We have to like... Right. The gray ones <laughs> with the front overlay. <laughs> the front overlay. I still like that thing has a pocket in it. I know. 
the one thing I gotta say about this outfit though is you only see them for for a split second on screen, and you can't really mm-hmm. like get a good impression of them. I think from the angle they show. Um, but I had seen them back during filming, so I've known for you know months now that he was gonna mm-hmm. wear these ugly ass. I hate ugly. these shoes. I hate these shoes. They are um, Rick Owens for Adidas Tech Runners, and uh-huh. if you like look up a picture of these online, they look like they have like a boat <laughs> attached to the bottom of them. Like it is a tennis shoe, and then. Yeah, and then it's got like this white foam piece basically around all of it. They're so ugly. <laughs> so ugly. You can't really see them even in the minute. Like you can kind of see them, but the then I was like, where's the ugly part? And I realized that the floor just matches it. Yeah. Because it's literally for a second they're on screen. But I was like, like, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, no. I mean, that's what I would say about most Rick Owens, but... <laughs> At least, like, most of the Rick Owens shoes that David wears aren't really that bad. Yeah. Like, they're they're fancier versions of Chucks, for the most yep. part. Um, some of the other, like, Rick Owens Adidas pieces, like the Mastodon sneakers, are, they're just, like, chunky sneakers. They're whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this particular piece, I was just like, mm, no, I'm not, not into this. <laughs> no. Speaking of fashion, though. Speaking of fashion. <laughs> I do have a question for us. Oh, yes. One of our fan questions. Yeah. So we got this one, um, which says, for each of you, what is your favorite look of the season so far? I'm going to let you go first. I mean, I think we all know what my favorite look (laughs) of the season is, in case I hadn't talked about it enough. Part of it came back in this episode. Um, It is clearly (laughs) the David Rose outfit from Smoke Signals, Alexander McQueen sweater, and McQueen culottes (laughs) not a kilt culottes and i will tell you that it's still it's just the best look of the whole season i have like maybe a close second it is a really good look (laughs) yeah it's a really good look i think it like hit the ground running in the season gotta love those wiggles in that outfit (laughs) you said you have a close second let's let's i do have a close second i mean i could keep going but i won't uh my second favorite was from the premiere david's premiere outfit with the sweater, the D squared with metallic sleeves and the leather pants um, that apparently they spent all their money on. So he could have <laughs> no other pants besides those Rick Owens joggers. But, um, but he just looks great in that outfit, even when he's like super high at the end. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, that is a good choice too. What is yours? Well, so I'm going to say, like, my favorite look of the season actually isn't a look of the season. <laughs> so I'm going to have to, like, take a second here. I didn't know we could pick that one. <laughs> but my, my absolute favorite look is definitely David's tux in the promos. Oh, uh, that guess. Burberry tux with the monogramming on it is so gorgeous. And especially with those St. Laurent boots. like St. Laurent boots. Please, Ugh. someone find them for me in my size. <laughs> Yeah, like just perfect look. Um, but barring that, because that really isn't part of the season. That's a whole separate thing. And that would be what I would pick right. if I had to pick that too. I'm going to go with, as a pair, <laughs> we we can't narrow anything down around here. No. Um, as a pair, I'm going to go with David and Patrick's looks when they show up to Jake's party at the wingman. There you go. <laughs> I think that just like seeing them in that particular scenario and what they choose to wear for that. And we see Patrick wearing something so different than what we normally see him in. Mm-hmm. And we get um, David wearing like the really great Acne Studios 
leather mm-hmm. jacket there and again the leather pants <laughs> like and the leather it's pants. just a solid pair of looks um and so i would go with that like them together in that look is going to be my favorite of the season so far that's a good choice too i think we should give an update too from when we talked about that yeah we were like we're sure dan stole that jacket fun fact he did <laughs> he sure did <laughs> he was wearing it at noah's concert in la he of course stole it good job i mean why wouldn't you? Wouldn't i mean you. it could have yeah. also just been dan's to start that does happen he... go, it does go either way um but definitely is wearing that i love how you like it was like after the episode i guess i can wear this again <laughs> right spoiler <laughs> If I had to pick something non-David. Yeah, I was like, do we have a non-David? Because we do talk about David's fashion most of the time. I think you and I are particularly mm-hmm. interested in his style. Um, if I had to go non-David, I would probably go with Alexis's premiere look. Mm-hmm. Um, that gold St. Laurent dress with like the draping on the side is a really just a gorgeous look on her. And, and her hair and her makeup in that scene is like yeah. so perfect. And I would go Alexis in the breakup scene, that dress. I knew that's what you were going to pick. <laughs> oh, perfect. I go on and on about that dress. That dress is my culottes of Alexis. Yeah, that Reformation dress is gorgeous. And again, her hair and her makeup are so on point for that mm-hmm. scene as well. Like, she looks incredible. Yeah. So there you go. Lots of favorite looks of the season so far. <laughs> Basically, the whole season. <laughs> so I guess we should talk about next week. Yeah. I won't count down the episode. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for the bachelor party. Yay. Which was called the escape room. Now it's called the bachelor party because clearly that's what they're doing. The official recap is that the roses attend the escape room portion of David and Patrick's bachelor party, but their participation wanes the more their personal dilemmas come to a head. So lots going on there. Yeah. Definitely curious about all of their, like, whose personal dilemmas? Is it all of them? Like, are all four having dilemmas at this point, like, in one episode? Um, Yeah, and I feel like we've seen a lot, like, we haven't seen a lot of this episode, but we've seen a lot of snippets of this episode in promos, or now we've seen the promo for next week. I just have so many questions. (laughs) Well, and something I think that, that we personally noticed a long time ago when the trailer dropped was sort of like how almost manic and over the top both Dave and Patrick seem to be in this episode, Mm -hmm. the clips that we saw of it. Um, And so I feel like in some ways David is really like overcompensating. But so it's interesting to see that like in the promo, he's not super excited about this bachelor party. Uh, But then later in the escape room seems to be like, no, we're all going to have fun now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have decided that either like, these are two very competitive guys so True. either they get real into it as as the fan of escape rooms i can support that <laughs> yes or like he didn't know he was going to be this excited about it or like they're trying to play it up both of right. them because they both are like this of around something um and so i think we're gonna see and find out yeah, yeah i'm excited and i'm excited for the fashion of this episode in the <laughs> i'm with stupid t-shirts <laughs> David's is missing the width. <laughs> David's is missing the width. But uh yeah, I'm excited to see. Patrick in black jeans. So yeah. let's like, go. Yeah, a different look. Maybe he's wearing David's jeans now when <laughs> David wore Patrick's jeans, supposedly. We've already talked about how that is just physically impossible between those two human beings proportions. So <laughs> suspension of disbelief, me. 
<laughs> and on that note, that I think takes us to the end of this episode. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at shitfacedpod. And if you want to find us personally, you can find me on Twitter at Leslie the Baker. And you can find me at Brandy in Indy on Twitter. And be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps more people to find the podcast. And with that, we will say farewell until next week. We'll see you next week. Everybody wash your hands. Wash your hands. (laughs) Bye.